What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Breaking Through with Elena. I'm Elena, and this is the podcast that celebrates women in country music and just entertainment overall. Now, before I tell you about this week's guest, I always want to shine the spotlight on women doing amazing things. And this week, I can't stop talking about Miranda Lambert, Lori McKenna, Liz Rose, and Hillary Lindsay. They all co-wrote Miranda's new song. Now, Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably familiar with all of those names. Of course, Miranda, but the others are incredible songwriters and strong women in this industry that are leading the way. The song is called It All Comes Out in the Wash. It's a bop, but also has this great message of not sweating the small stuff. Obviously, all of these women are constantly killing it, so not that they need it, but extra shout out since the new song just came out. I love it. Go download it if you haven't already. All right. Now on to this week's guest and I'll make it brief because it's a lengthy conversation. I have been a fan of Mickey Guyton's since I heard her perform in this small studio back in 2015. Let me tell you, that room could hardly hold her powerhouse vocals. I mean, homegirl can sing. But it wasn't just that that I really loved about her. Her song, Better Than You Left Me, I felt that and I just fell in love with her personality. Now, we get into what happens in between 2015 and now, and it's a lot. This conversation's content can be really difficult at times because it's been quite a journey for her. And I'm just really thankful that she's being open about what has made her the woman she is today because it will 100% inspire you and make you an even bigger fan. So let's get right to it. Oh, and if you want to have a drink with us, grab a glass of rosé. You'll hear what I mean. Here's Breaking Through with Nikki Guyton. Cheers. All right, here we go. Mickey Guyton, welcome to the podcast. Girl, thank you. you I'm so know, excited. You know how long I've been wanting you on here. We've been talking about it for a while, and then I went yeah. on break, and then yeah. we came back, and finally we're making this happen. Oh, man, so and much has gone on since I know. started this. And I want to just thank you, too, for being such an amazing supporter of this podcast and this message. Well, when you first started this podcast, I was like, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Nash FM, all of you guys for, like, just stood up and really put yourself out there at a time that it could have been really scary. So I appreciate you. Isn't it interesting that this is kind of a scary topic? It like is. It, it's it's sad that it is, but here we are. And I mean, I'm, I'm so happy to see so many more people being more open about it. And I really feel like the message is starting to change. Do you feel that? I really do. Um, You know, obviously we can get better every single day, mm-hmm. but the more we talk about it, the more that everybody, not just in Nashville, because right now it just seems like just Nashville is the only ones that really care about what's going on and everybody else, just normal listeners have no idea that this is going on. But the more that they're hearing about it and the more it's spreading like wildfire, everybody's starting to be like, well, wait a second. Yeah. We got to fix that. So mm-hmm. it does. It does feel good. Yeah. And awareness is obviously the biggest thing mm-hmm. here. We're just kind of trying to create Educating. awareness. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So Mickey, I want to talk about all kinds of stuff today, oh, and you. including your new song, because yes. this this is actually being posted uh, on Sunday from when we're recording it. Okay. So um, like the new music is still very new. Oh, very. We will talk about that. But where I want to start is just kind of your experience in this industry so far. And I'll tell you, you know, I've, I've invited a lot of female artists onto this show that I so wholeheartedly believe in and have for years. You are one of them. Thank you. And, uh, you know, I've told them this same thing that I get really frustrated as a fan and as somebody that absolutely loves you when I see that you're not given the opportunity that I think that you should be. You've had some great success. You're still experiencing great success. And I love seeing that and cheering for it. But 
yes, I get frustrated that you're not able to reach your full potential. So let's just start at the beginning when you really started hitting the scene. That was like 2015, 2016? Yes, 2015. And what people don't know is this has been going on even longer than 2015. I've been here in Nashville since 2011, almost 2012. Oh, wow. And the... The things that I struggled with, which I can only blame myself, is I came into this town and I didn't, I'm not from Nashville. I just assumed that everybody knew what I was supposed to do. So I was basically almost feeling like a puppet. Mm-hmm. And I would write some songs that were a certain way because I'm a Gemini. So my brain writes on totally like weird ways. So I was writing some songs like this and some other songs like that. And people were really having a hard time putting them together and they're like, well, it has to be country because with you being an African-American woman, if it's not country, they're not going to believe it. Well, I was like, well, obviously it's country. That's why I'm here. Yeah. And what I started doing was giving people permission to mess with my head. I always knew who I was, but I was so scared to speak up for myself. I get, I hear that a Mm -hmm. lot, especially in the beginning. Oh my God. I would just be like, oh, well, you know, as women we're taught to as and from the south or from wherever we're taught to us respect adults respect mm-hmm. authority but we don't re- realize that we are in authority that it is our career we are the ceos of our companies you are the ceo of elena i'm the ceo of mickey and for years i was letting everybody else be the ceo of me yeah until about two years ago one thing i can say in nashville people have been so kind to me I've not had an awful journey in that way. I've had people supporting me all the way, which I really, truly appreciate. But a lot of times it was very frustrating because if I turned a song in, people overthought it that much more because I am black. And Mm -hmm. it was just like, well, we got to really make sure this is country because, and they weren't doing it in a a racist way. They were doing it because they wanted to protect me from the possibility of that. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it hindered that much more what was going on and I finally just had to step up to the plate and open my mouth and speak my truth and people started to listen and what was that moment was there a defining moment when you realized that you actually did that what when was that well I had a meeting with the president of my label Mm. and no big deal no big deal (laughs) right you know big Mike Dungan he's this really tall burly you know outspoken man Mm -hmm. and I was terrified but I had to go in there and reclaim my time like Maxine Waters says I had to reclaim my time and it was the scariest meeting and it was very productive like I wasn't yelling I wasn't like what the hell why isn't this and this and that going I had to take responsibility because I have every bit of capability to open my mouth Mm -hmm. and I did that day and I was just like I'm I'm not making music for you. I know my audience and you guys can't confuse me anymore. And I said it to everybody. Honestly, thank goodness you did. I mean, you and I have talked before about how great that conversation went. And guys, Mike is legit the coolest. He is so passionate about supporting his artists, which is why there's so much success there. But I'm curious, like, what do you do after a meeting like that? I went home and I slept for three days. I'm not kidding. (sighs) I am not kidding. It was just like a complete weight off the shoulders. You know, I've always heard, you know, people have anxiety and and they're like, I couldn't get out of bed. I'm like, "What what do you mean you can't get out of the bed? You just get out of the bed. Yeah. And the next day, I remember I had to write that day and- the I day just, after you told them yes, this? Yes, and, and my body, like I was, 
I was physically exhausted. I was physically ill. And for three days, I could not get out of bed. Like, literally, I was so sick to my stomach. And it was just, it was clearly like a release of like, I got over that hump. And yeah. since then, people can't stop me from opening my mouth almost. Uh. <laughs> so I'm like, no, I don't like it. No, I don't like it. You know, and it's yeah. it's been a, it's, it feels really good to have control over your career because mm-hmm. you're the person that is creating your narrative. Nobody else can do that for you. You have to create your narrative. And I wasn't doing that. And now I am. I mean, did people tell you back in the day, kind of this, did they let you know this is what you need to do in order to get to that point to where you really feel like your own, your own CEO? Oh. And, and in that case, like, cause I feel like I got so much advice back in the day right. that I couldn't understand then right. because I didn't have the experience that right. I do now. And now it like clicks. Did that, do you feel the same way? Yeah. I had one particular conversation with a man named Daryl Brown who produces and writes with Leanne Rhymes. And this is when I first moved in. And he goes, Mickey, you are going to have to tell your producer how to produce, your A&R how to A&R, your manager how to manage, your business manager how to business manage, your lawyer how to be an attorney, your musicians how to musician. Like he told me all of that. And I didn't quite get it. Yeah. Until now. Where literally they are looking to you and they're looking to you to know what you want to do. Mm-hmm. It's your career and you can, I'm with one of the best record labels in the world that are every bit capable of doing and breaking massive acts. They have time and time again. And when I have started opening my mouth, they have started stepping up to the plate as well. And yeah. it's just like, everything just seems to be like organically happening and everybody just seems to be so in tune right now it's crazy isn't that interesting to realize that oh everybody's just trying to figure out how to do everything yeah because it took me a long time to realize that because yeah you're right and especially when you come in as like a new artist or a new person in radio or whatever you assume that everybody just knows what to do and everybody wants to compare you to somebody they're like okay so what are you like oh she's carrie slash she sounds like slash dolly pardon but they don't. They sound mm-hmm. like who they are. Yeah, exactly. Period. I sound like me just as much as Carrie Underwood sounds like Carrie Underwood. And nobody was able to compare Carrie Underwood to anybody until Carrie Underwood was Carrie Underwood. Mm-hmm. So I had to just completely just be 100% me. And it's been so freeing. So liberating. It is. Absolutely. It really, really is. Yeah. That's my advice I would tell any woman, any artist. It is your career and you've got to find your story and you, you've got to know what you want to sound like. Yeah. Nobody else can do that for you. And finding your story, I think, you know, I talk to women, of course, all the time on this podcast. And and yes, we are the minority within yeah. this genre. Absolutely. I mean, we're Which not is crazy. Yes. But you and I, and I don't really get to talk about this that right. often because it just doesn't really come into line, but you and I are extra minority. We're extra, extra minority. <laughs> you being African-American, me being Mexican. Yeah. And in this genre, I, I always have a really hard time feeling represented. Oh, yeah. And so I can only imagine you feel wildly the same. Let yes. me tell you, there's been, yeah. And I mean, what is, what is that like actually breaking into this industry with that kind of, you know, weight on you? Because right. it is that extra element, not just being a woman, but right. also being a minority. Well, I was trying so hard for that not to be yeah. brought up because I wanted people to love me because I really love country music, not because I'm black. Right. And at a certain point, it was like, well, it's just so it's I mean, I can't hide the fact that who I am. And I was trying to, 
It's been really hard, yeah. to be honest. There were certain things that were happening in my life that I didn't even realize that I was catering to just because I didn't want to offend anybody for being who I am. And that has been a huge lesson that's been very hard. It's been very hard to listen to a lot of artists put certain beats in a country yeah. song mm-hmm. that's all over a different radio station, but I'm not allowed to sing that. Right. You know, so that kind of stuff. Because then been, they pigeonhole. Yeah, and, then they pigeonhole yeah. you. Oh, you're just a black girl that failed at pop, so we want to, you want to come over to country radio. That has been really, really difficult. That's interesting, actually. I haven't really thought about that, yeah. but that makes sense. Yeah, like and, and that you would want to kind of step. Like I, mean, I not wanted that to you prove wanted, myself. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to be like, no, I am just a country singer. Like that's how I grew up. Yeah, and. Being a minority has never been a problem with me because of how I grew, grew up. I grew up and I went to an all black church and then I went to an all white private mm. school and I was the only, it was, I was one of three black kids in my class. Oh, and man. the reason why we ended up going to a private school was because when we were living in Crawford, Texas, um, the school district that we were supposed to attend didn't want any black kids in their school. So wow. my parents, we'd have to drive about 40 minutes outside of Waco or outside of Crawford to Waco, Texas to attend a private school because yeah. <laughs> Alive and well, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man. And that, yeah. and so are you experiencing, and if you're comfortable talking about yeah. this, but are you experiencing racism when you're out on the road? Because I, you know, my radio show is a national radio show. Right. And so it's, it's everywhere. And this right. is, and so I know it's yeah. very much alive yeah. because I get comments on our phones, on our oh, everything man. when people find out that I'm Mexican. It's hard. And, I mean, it's, 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 not, it's rare. I'll give that. But yeah. at this point, but I mean, it happens and it's very difficult. And yeah. then I have the moments of like, oh, maybe I shouldn't say Mexican. Mexican, maybe I shouldn't. But that's whatever. who you are. But it's who I am. Yeah, exactly. So, are you experiencing that when you're out on the road? I've only had a few experiences. I did have someone call me the N word while I was oh. doing a signing at the end of the show, and everybody in line, like I was literally about to hug this child who had Down syndrome, who was so happy to meet me, mm-hmm. and someone said that, and you were having a moment. Yeah, and I then- was having a moment. And I was just like, and everybody in line was mortified, but we couldn't exactly see who said it. Yeah. So I just said, God bless you. Because like Martin Luther King says, um, dark cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. So you have to shower love on a situation like that. It doesn't make it right. Mm-hmm. But if you respond with ignorance, you know, yeah. which I wanted to, there's a lot of things I wanted to say to that person. And which is so crazy, but you can't, how does someone hate you for something that you have absolutely no control over? Like I didn't choose to be black and you didn't choose to be Mexican. Exactly. That's just who we are. Yeah. Yeah. There you know? is no control over it. And, and, yeah. you know, I think we, we talk a lot about trying to figure out that problem mm-hmm. and trying to figure out the problem with the lack of women on country radio. Yeah. And I think the thing that I've connected with most in that conversation is the lack of familiarity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the more that people are familiar with things, Absolutely. the less it becomes weird. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if you hear a, let's say, Mickey Guyton, Carrie Underwood, Kelsey Ballerini song back and back and back on the radio, it, on country radio right now, you're like, like, huh? Yeah, yeah it, like, like it, Y2K. Right. Whenever you yeah, but you hear all the males back and forth and, and it just seems normal. Yeah. So I, you know, that's what I've, I've been really connecting with is that idea of familiarity. So yeah. in order to 
make it not so weird or out of place. It's all about integration. Yeah, right. Absolutely. But you and I um, are actually doing something because we're very passionate about yes. inclusion. Yes. We both signed on to be a part of the ACM Diversity mm-hmm. Task Force. Yes. Now, uh, I'll let you kind of explain what this is a little bit to people that are probably not aware that we're doing this. Yes. So the ACM Diversity Task Force, our whole, it's a group of uh, different influential people within the music industry, whether you're a producer, a songwriter, whether you work in Sony publishing or you're a record executive, or if you're on the radio or just if you have a a national syndicated radio show or um, artists like myself and, and Cam has a really spearhead or had, you know, she really made this happen. She's one of the chairs. She's one of the chairs. And what our whole purpose is, is to really truly change the conversation by doing something about it. Like we have a, what is it? A 30 year plan or something like that? Like a 30 (laughs) 30 year plan plan to diversify the ACMs. Because we're not naive. We know that it's not going to change by the next ACM. And it's not in a, this isn't, you know, like affirmative action of the ACMs. Mm -hmm. This is to, to bring and bridge the gap because there doesn't need to change the culture because the reality of it is there's Mexicans that love country music. Mm -hmm. There's black people that love country music. There's people all the way out in Brazil that love country music. And so that's the point is so everybody feels represented that nobody feels like, Oh, I can't go in there because there's nobody that looks like me. Mm -hmm. And that is the point. And I think it's happening. Like I've seen some stuff happen over at CMT when I, uh, I got to be a part of this show that they're doing and the whole production company was an all African-American staff. So, really? the, so it is happening. Yeah. It truly, truly is. And it's, it just feels so empowering to see people come together because there's no reason why we should ever be apart. Yeah. And I mean, that is, that's the whole thing too. I, you mentioned the crew and that's a big part of mm-hmm. all of the inclusion as well. It's not just yeah, the people the in crew, the forefront. The songwriters. Yeah. Producers. I get shocked sometimes when I find out how few female producers there are. Yeah. And I mean, that that is huge, too. I mean, if that's something that you're interested in, if you're listening to this, if you're a young girl, if you're in college or something, if you're yes. interested in music, look Do into it. producing as well. Absolutely. Because, I mean, that also gives our voices mm-hmm. a different kind of angle. I mean, there's, really there's big things. But speaking of ACMs, this year, oh. and I, I can't remember if I'm remembering this correctly, but... Did you not even know like a month before if you were even no. going to go to the ACMs? No, even a week before I wasn't going to the ACMs. I wasn't before? singing at the ACMs. I didn't have a dress. I was just going to stay home or go to California to be with my husband. That was it. I had no idea. And a week before the ACMs, I got the call oh that they God. wanted me to perform on there. So not only was I going, but I was performing on there. So I was freaking out right because there are a lot of people that just attend you know or maybe walk the red carpet but you were going to perform and that was one of the most anticipated performances of the night if not the most i mean so if you uh missed it i don't know why you did but the acms (laughs) this year mickey performed with chrissy meds lauren elena carrie underwood and maddie and tay and And you guys did that song from breakthrough Uh, and it was incredible it was so incredible it was i didn't even have my performance dress until the morning of the ACM. Good Lord. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I was laying in my hotel room and they were making a slit on my dress because if they didn't, I would have fallen. So there was these two girls that hand stitched a slit for me. Oh my gosh. And I was, while I was passed out with a glass of wine in my hand on the couch. It's the only way to do it, honestly. 
<laughs> How else are you going to get through oh, that? Oh, man. Yeah, I was so stressed out. And I tried it on. I was like, it works. And I went back to sleep. But man. Well, and how was that? I get like working with those ladies. And I mean, this was a really empowering time for oh. women. So in order for like all of you guys to come together for that moment, it had to be even more special. It was, it was so special. Chrissy Metz is truly a dream. Like she is like. She on fleek is like what I like to say. Like she's so sassy and just such a beautiful human. And Carrie Underwood is awesome. All the girls were amazing. Maddie and Tay, Lauren. It was just such a a beautiful moment. But what was my personal favorite moment was Carrie literally could tell I was a deer in headlights before it was my turn to walk out there. Like I was like, oh, I was probably crying. You were just like blank. I mean, blank. Like I was like trying to like not knock my knees because they say don't lock your knees because when you lock your knees, you pass out. So I was like trying like not to be like that. And then Carrie just turned around and hugged me and said a prayer in my ear. Yes. I got blessed. Angel. She's my a literal angel. angel. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, and Carrie's on your label as well. She's yes. your label mate. Do yes. you chat with her a lot? Because I know she's also very passionate about this message. Right. And when she came on the podcast, right. she really stood up for her, her peers. And uh, so what's your relationship like with Carrie? Well, that was one of my first um, real times to get to spend some time with her. Yeah. And she's just truly such a special human, you know? Like she's almost like, it feels like in this town, like she's in this bubble and, yeah. and she's like, I don't know, like Princess Carrie Underwood or something in she her castle. She's royalty here in Nashville. She's royalty. Yes. She really, really is. Mm. So you, you don't really get to spend a lot of time with her because she's so busy. Yeah. But the time that I've spent with her, she is just such a like cool, down to earth woman that's like, hey, you want my doctor is blah, blah, blah. If I'm trying to have a baby or whatever. Yeah. Like she's just very, very informative and just really, really cool. Like, yeah. I hope it just builds and builds and builds. Oh, well, I, I do too. And I hope maybe one day you guys will sing some more together. Because oh, I love that. And Leanne Rhymes. Those are a big old voices. And Leanne Rhymes. Leanne Rhymes oh, is my jam. All cheers to that. We've got cheers. some rosé. Give we us one second here. Hold on. Uh, Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And I forgot how to drink. I literally just spilled it on myself. Hello, everybody. You know everybody. what? Because Thank it's been you. a long day and we knew we needed some wine, okay? <laughs> we did know it. No, and I do want to talk to you about um, other support systems for you yeah. because one of my favorite relationships and all of country music is you and Leah Turner. I love you both so much and the way that you love each other, it's just like, it warms my heart so much. I mean, we were literally looking for apartments together this morning. This morning? (laughs) I love it. Like zooming around because where we're living, we just don't need to live there. We're just like, it is not for us. But she has just been such an encourager. She came into my life at the lowest point in my life where I had just completely lost all faith in myself. And we just were hanging out all the time, sitting on her front porch in Green Hills. And I would just watch her just building her career completely by herself at some points. And I watched- Literally. Literally. And Uh I was watching this girl um, control her narrative and that's something I never did. And I spent probably a year- just observing her. I'm an observer. I'm very, very observant. And I just remembered watching her, how she talks to her, to her management company and whomever is there to help her. Like she's always trying to do something to be better. Oh my God, my ring got stuck in my hair. Uh, It happens to me all the time. (laughs) But she, but I just appreciated that. And she spearheaded sister. I played that for her a long time ago. Cause I wrote this song like three years ago before 
It was three years ago? Mm -hmm. Wow. I read before the Me Too movement. Really? Mm -hmm. So when that came out, when all of that was coming out. When that came out, I was still scared to open my mouth. Yeah. Like I was like, I have all of these songs that are so dear to me, but I was just too scared to put them in the hands of somebody else. I was just so timid. And Leo like sat down and had a talking with me and her Leo way. Yes. It was really stern, you know, talking to you and, and it really just helped me be brave enough to, to live my truth. Yeah. Well, and let's talk about sister since we are here right now. I love this song. I remember you singing it. Uh, That was like back in December. Yeah, was that Leah's um, Grit and Glamour? Yes, it was like the Christmas party version of that show, and you performed it. And it honestly, Mickey, it stopped me in my tracks when I heard it, and I was just like, "When is this coming out?" And it's finally here. How does it feel? Okay, so we're shooting a music video on the thirtieth. I really think you should be in it. Oh, I would love to be in it. Okay. I'm here. I mean, you heard it. I've got to show, when I show you the footage of what the set is going to look like, you're going to die. Are you shooting it here in Nashville? Yes. Yes. At my girlfriend's house. Shut up. I'm not kidding. Like she's made this whole set. We are going to be goddesses. Okay. I love it. I'm not kidding. It's going to be so beautiful. Oh my God. Well, call me if you want me. You I'll should be, be there. No, no, seriously. I'll be there. Seriously. Okay. So, I mean, what has it felt like? Because it's now been out for a couple, couple weeks, weeks yeah. now. So yeah. what has the response been like? The response has been really positive. Like I was terrified. A lot of times I can't even look at the inter- the internet because I'm so terrified of what people are going to say. But yeah. the response has been so good because not only is it a country song, it's just a song for everybody. Yeah. No matter whether you like it or not. And it's truly anybody that knows me and really knows me like that's if you're my girl, you are my girl. And there's a difference between my girl, girl, or you are my girl. Yeah. And this is what that song is about. This is that song that I'm singing it to. I'm singing it to the sister of mine that was at my house when I got served papers because I couldn't pay my credit card bill when I was broke. (laughs) This is for my sister who called me at 2 a.m. because her ex-boyfriend was being a jerk and I had to drive all the way up into the valley when I lived in California to pick her up from his house and take her home and, you know, make her happier. Mm. This is for my sister who was depressed and I go and bring her a cupcake because she so doesn't know what she's doing with her life. That's what this song is about. And I'm so passionate about it. And everybody has had, you know, their songs, but to have a, a song about a female relationship, mm-hmm. that is the most intimate relationship you can ever have. It's one of the most important relationships that you will ever have. Yeah. You can't watch The Bachelorette or The Bachelor with your boyfriend, but you sure can watch with your sister. Amen. You know, mm-hmm. you can't drink rosé with your boyfriend, but you can sure drink some rosé with your sister. You know, there's just certain yes. things that are that are just so important. You know? mm-hmm. And who who was the first person you played it for? Was it Leah? Yeah, I played it for Leah. I think I sent it to my manager and then I played it for Leah. And she was like, I cried. Yeah. And then I played it for my sisters who don't listen to country music whatsoever. They don't? No. Wait, okay, I, w- I want to hear what they had to say, but if they don't listen to who did in order to get you into country music? My grandma music? did. Oh, My grandma okay. listened to country music. My sisters, they're younger than me, and they they listen to, like, hip-hop and R&B. Like, that's their jam. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of we funny. did, but my grandma's the one that introduced us all to country music. And you're the one that latched on yes. to it. My youngest sister loves her some Carrie, but my middle sister, she's into, like, jazz yeah. and all of that her husband plays bass for Kanye West and stuff. Oh wow, no big deal. No big deal. Uh-huh. MBD. So what did they say when when you played it for them? My sister was like, "You, you go, you can change the world with this song." Yeah, 
And I mean, it is, it is, it's just, it's such an honest song about, there's just something that your sisters can do for you that nobody else can. Yeah. Well, and you said you wrote this before Me Too movement yeah. happened. But having put it out, are you getting inquiries from different kind of places that are, are really realizing how important this song is I mean, right yeah, now? Yeah, I would say so. Like, we're getting a lot of, like, really honest traction. Once we finish this mu- music video, I'm pretty sure it will even more. I hope you get it on, like, a commercial or, like, a TV show I, or something because I feel it, like it would it, really fit with it, something like it, that. It will. It's It just really is an important song that everybody hears and they're like, oh my God, like I started crying because it was about my sister. And mm-hmm. It is. It's yeah. like frozen, but for now. Yeah. For, for real. Yeah. yeah. But for real. Now, let's talk a little bit about Me Too because yes. this is a very important conversation to have yeah. and, you know, we don't really talk about it too much in this genre. Yeah. And, uh, but I know there are a lot of people and we get people that write into this podcast all the time yeah. that are experiencing really difficult situations yeah. and trying to figure out how to deal with them. Right. Now, I, I'm not sure if you've experienced anything along those lines or anything, but if you have, yeah. I, I always like to give the opportunity for artists to give advice to people that yeah. might be going through it right now. Well, I've definitely had uh, Me Too movements. A lot of them, actually. Mm-hmm. Um I have as well. You're definitely... I know. Like, yeah. I'm getting teary-eyed about it. But, yeah. um... <sighs> only you can feel safe to bring it up. Yeah. And don't feel... Like you have to. Like you have to. Yeah. I guess that's the biggest point because I have. And I haven't brought it up or exposed it or anything because emotionally I'm not ready to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm the same way. Yeah, and I, I have a lot of yeah. a lot of sleepless nights about it. Yeah, but I I'm I know exactly where you're coming from because yeah. you also for me I had um you know some people that are very close to me in the situation both yeah. work wise and yeah. outside of work like they they've said well you should you should come forward you should do blah 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 and I'm like you know what That's honestly not your story to tell it's not and and you don't have to be the quote unquote hero just by you know using your story you can you can find different ways to approach it and also i get so nervous too that like you know you're gonna be labeled as that yeah instead of and if you're not emotionally inept to to cope with that yes it's nobody's business exactly and you have the strength and you can again this goes with it's your narrative it is your life it is your story to tell Mm -hmm. and nobody should fault you for that. And there's no map for it. There's no map for yeah. it. We're all kind of navigating through this. And and a lot of times you think to yourself, am I crazy? Did this really happen to me? So then you're second guessing yourself. Yes. Yes. And, and that's okay too. Mm. Like there's nothing wrong with you exposing it or not exposing it. It's your story. And until you're ready to say, to tell something like that, like you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to. Yeah. And I, I respect everybody, whether you decide to or not. And it doesn't mean you're a coward. And it doesn't mean you're a coward. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, like the, my whole point since I've been re-immersing myself into the music scene is really trying to be as truthful and honest with my truth as possible. Yeah. And for me, that it's something that I emotionally can't handle. But I have... And that's the point of sister mm-hmm. is like, it doesn't matter what's going on. I've got your back. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you don't have to prove yourself to anybody or anyone. And if you are brave enough to come forward, I have so much respect for you. And I say thank you. Yes. Because I don't necessarily have that strength mm-hmm. right now. And I'm a grown ass woman. Yeah. Same. <laughs> Same. There we go. I, I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you though. And yeah. I think we, that is why that song is even more important yeah. on that level because you need to have a support system no matter what. It and it doesn't mean that you have to do it in front of everybody. It is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that. That's your own personal intimate relationship. And you're never alone. So you can still talk you're about it alone. and not. And that person yeah. can be there for you and I've shared some of those stories with my sisters and they're the ones that are there for me. Again, this song is for the sister that I don't necessarily post on my Instagram all the time. This is for my sister that has literally been there that I've shared my bed with, Mm -hmm. that I've shared my bathroom with, that I've shared my car with. Yeah, That is for my sister. Mm -hmm. That's for my sister when I was living in LA and I didn't have, I was couch surfing and she knew me for a month and let me move into her apartment. I could have been some crazy person. That's what that song is for. Yeah. Well, and you know, LA is, is a big part of your life, yes, right? It is. Yes. I know that you're there quite a bit. I and am. what do you do when you're out there? Well, I do uh, do some writing out there. Yeah. I actually write a lot. You find out a lot there. of inspiration. I do. Yeah. Like I've been able to do some stuff with Diane Warren. Oh yeah. And she yes. worked on Breakthrough, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. Did I had a video. I don't know if I can find any more of her on her scooter. Like she owns this building. Her songs bought her a building in Hollywood. Like a whole building? Like a full on whole building. Well, I mean like, you know, I, I knew who she was because like Christina Aguilera I mean, and like, all of that. And so I started like standing <laughs> Diane Warren like as yes. a twelve year old. So yes. yeah, when she started coming. Oh. She came even onto uh, the red carpet at the ACM Awards. And I got... people were like, they didn't know who they were. And I'm like, no. Do you know know who's standing here? It's Diane. Like, Diane, Diane. (laughs) Yes. And that's why I know I was offended when some people, like, passed on her. Because, you know, on the red carpet, like, people pass. I'm like, uh, no. Sister, come over here. I mean, show some respect to the queen, queen, queen. Okay, so she has a building out there. Yeah, she does. So I Mm -hmm. do some work with her. But a lot of times, like I, my husband uh, started a law firm out there. That's why oh, we're I long didn't distance. Know that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he's from California, mm-hmm. and he took the bar in California, and so that's he practices. Where he practices. Yeah. Okay. I got myself a smart man. Yeah, you did. Hey. And um, so his law firm is there, and my job requires me to be here. So mm-hmm. a lot of time we're flying back and forth just to kind of like take care of each other and each other's homes and mm-hmm. spaces. But you know, there's. We live in downtown Los Angeles and it is such a great place to be. It yeah. used to be like shady, like you couldn't oh, even yeah. walk your dog during the day because of skid Oh, row. it was shit. Like, let's be yeah, real. It, it was, was horrible. But it now was they horrible. have like the Intercontinental. Yes. Oh, I've my- been staying down there whenever I go down for like the award shows because uh, the Staples Center and LA Live and stuff. Do you Have you and, ever been to Intercontinental? The yes, lobbies the on the John, 70th. The, yes. The it's guy, insane. Okay, so the crazy thing is sometimes I wish I were a boy so I could go into this bathroom. If because, I were a boy. <laughs> because the boy's bathroom, you can pee on the wall, like on the window. And you're like... Why do they get all the cool things? <laughs> like, why are we pee on a window? <laughs> you know, maybe we'll have to start a thing, you know? Nikki. We'll That's have to start saying, something. But, but yeah. yeah, so you live downtown and yeah, it's 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 alive it's, right now. It's so alive. Like, I'll go mm-hmm. out to West Hollywood to some of our old stomping grounds when we first started dating. And it's ghost town. So we just stay downtown. But it's really my place of like rest yeah. because what I love about 
um, LA is because we're so immersed into the business. Mm -hmm. We're so deep in it and everything matters. But when you go outside of that and when I'm in LA, I remember that everything that matters there only matters there. So it kind of gives me this like clarity this clarity and and I'll write out there, but I write my best songs in Nashville because I get that clarity Mm -hmm. and that just that space to breathe. If you could choose one place to live permanently, would it be Nashville or LA? I mean, there's a beach in LA. I there's know. really good restaurants. <laughs> Ugh, the shop. I mean, El- Nashville shopping is pretty on point and online shopping. So it's not about the shopping, but I just, the weather. I know. I was in those earthquakes though, and that <gasps> was Oh, wait, that like just happened. Yes, girl. Oh, I was on vacation yes. when it happened, and then like I was on Twitter. So wait, this is kind girl. of funny. I was in I was in Mexico when it when it happened, oh and my I, God. I look on Twitter, and my all my Twitter trending stuff is all in Spanish, and I may be Mexican, but I do not speak Spanish. <laughs> and I see like Los Angeles, and I see only like little words here and there that I understand. I'm like, what happened? Girl. And I was trying to figure it out. <laughs> I was in both. I was in the one in San Bernardino. <gasps> And in the, the one in LA. And that was just... Well, doesn't it feel like it's... Because la- I grew up in California. Okay, okay. And so I've been in a few earthquakes. I've never been in one that big. I oh, got lucky man. like it, they weren't that big. But it was terrifying because you never... You don't feel like you know... You're not in control. No. So you don't know when it's going to end. It feels like the not longest, what, 20 seconds of your not life. Not at all. Well, the the thing that made me feel a little at peace when we were at the one in San Bernardino... My husband's best friend got in a really bad car accident. So he's currently like on life support in the Arrowhead um, hospital. So oh I've been gosh. out there. But when that one happened, we were in his, you know, in the ICU and the building was like shaking. And we we're just like, oh my God, we're praying. But you, f- it's crazy because you could feel that this building was solid. Like they right. built it properly. It was up to code. Nashville, I don't think they necessarily build everything up to code. Like, you can't build something that fast. <laughs> exactly. You it's in the, the South. We're like, eh, it looks yeah, good. it'll look good. You know, I just really fine. want that Whole Foods you to know? open. So, you know, do you know whatever, what you whatever you're going to do. But in, in LA, like, they have codes that they have to right. follow. So, we were in that building, and I'm like, okay, this is scary, but I think we're going to survive it. But it was gnarly. I'm not going to play. It was, it was, it was crazy. Uh, that That's terrifying. It was. I, I'm glad I wasn't there. Yeah. It's sad, yeah. sad that you were. <laughs> Well, I ended up staying extra day because I was like, okay, we had two earthquakes in like three days. Yeah. Well, and then it reminded me of like that movie San Andreas. I'm like, is this it? I thought it was going to be like, I was waiting for the one. Right. I was just waiting for it. And I just didn't want to be in Nashville and that happened to grant my dogs. So when you're in LA, by the way, do you, do you have friends in the music industry out there that you're able to hang with? I will. Yeah, I do. Mm. Um, but I don't really hang out with anybody. Yeah, <laughs> you just do your own thing. That's Mickey time. Well, I or your husband. Well, because you, you yeah. want to be with your husband. Well, I recently took this test. It's the Meyer. Have you heard of the Myers Briggs personality I have. test? I know That's, they have the Enneagrams yeah. or what, but uh-huh. I did the Myers Briggs personality test, and I discovered that I am an introvert extrovert or an what? extrovert introvert girl. I and I've always been that way, and I didn't realize that about myself. I just thought I was just this like. My mom used to think that I didn't like the family because I would be like so hold up in my room. But I could literally be in Nashville Mm -hmm. for the weekend and nobody could call me. And I will only have left my apartment 
to walk the dog. Really? Yes. And you're like, you don't get bored. I'm, I you don't, don't get bored. I'm sitting there. I'll be watching my shows on Hulu and Netflix or oh. whatever it is. And so that's kind of what happens to me in Nashville. I just kind of yeah, just have some space to breathe, I guess. I do have a lot of friends out there, but I've just, sometimes I just need that. See, and that's part of being your own CEO too. Yeah. It's knowing what you need yeah. and want and listening to it. Yeah. And then that's what brings yeah. you success, like with songs like Sister. Yeah, and that's with, a, that, and I, I give advice to people like that. Like we come into this town and we, st- we want to be songwriters and we want to be artists. And so it's such this like cyclical, like machine here mm-hmm. where you write five days a week, you're done by four and then you have the weekend. And you're in order to write good songs. I mean, I can't personally do that. I'm not good enough to do that, but I need three days max that I can write a week. And then I need two days to have conversations with people so that I can, you know, have more topics to sing about. Cause, because Mm -hmm. if I'm writing every single day, how am I going to have song ideas if I don't have conversations with people? Right. Exactly. Well, that's good advice. Yeah. Now I do see that we need to start wrapping up here because I want to still get a performance from you of sister. But uh, before we do wrap up, uh, I always like to kind of close with this. Now this, this podcast is all derived from the phrase that was driving me crazy that I could not stand hearing and just wanted to reclaim. And that's that that women don't want to hear women. Wrong. So the whole idea behind this was giving a platform to females, whatever platform I could give and support these sisters and these women that I love and believe in and, you know, just make sure that this conversation is always at the front of people's minds in whatever way that I can. But when you hear the phrase, women don't want to hear women, which I'm sure you've been told to your face as well. Right. What do you think? How would you react? I mean, I laugh because look at pop radio. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Well, and that's all you need to say, really, honestly. <laughs> look at pop radio. I mean, and over the test of times, like some of the most amazing singers from Aretha Franklin, Shaka Khan, all the way up to Dolly Parton and Carole King. I, I, I mean, I could name off a hundred women right now. Mm-hmm. It's It's, it doesn't make any sense. No. Just listen to pop radio right now. Women do want to hear women. Exactly. All right, girl. Well, cheers with our rosé. And we're too far to clink, but I'm clinking in my head. Clink. And I just, I love you so much. I love you and so much. Thank you for being here. Thank and you for having me. This so really, open. really means a lot. Now head over to NashCountryDaily.com if you want to check out this performance. And uh, let us know what you thought. Tweet Hi. us. Tweet me. Tweet Mickey. And uh, we love you guys for listening. We love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I can't even tell you how much I loved that conversation. I hope you did too. And hopefully if you're of age, you're drinking some rosé along with us. All right, time for some shout outs. Of course, the goddess herself, Mickey Guyton, and her entire team that was so incredibly gracious, including Donna Hughes, Donna Jean, Eric Peterson, and Mickey's guitar player, Alex Gallagher. And big shout out to the Breaking Through team, including Jim Casey over at NashCountryDaily.com, Brian Webb, and Joey Salvia. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, and if you have a second, we'd love for you to rate this podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts and leave a review too, if you can. This way, more people can discover it and hear these amazing stories from these women, like the one that you just heard from Mickey. 
Now, if you want to check out her performance of Sister, which trust me, you do, just hit up our YouTube page or even better, NashCountryDaily.com. As always, let me know what you thought of this episode and who you would like to see featured next. You can find me at Elena D. Smith. That's E-L-A-I-N-A-D Smith on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, Oh, and how about a Twitter shout out at Marissa Levine, who tweeted to let me know that the Bailey Bryan episode has been her favorite yet. I love that one, too, Marissa. Thank you so much for reaching out and thank you for listening. That about does it for me this week. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Love you guys from the Westwood One Podcast Network.